everyone. This is Jen, Dear Mom, joined as always by Dear Dad. Hello. Today, we're just going to talk about our weekends, because they were epic in different ways, though mine was more epic than yours, I think. I think so. I got a scoot. No argument. Scooch over to be close to Dear Dad. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, how's it going? Good. Uh, we're not drinking any cocktails right now. We had dinner late. I drank too much champagne last night. Jared Dad got home last night, and we opened a bottle of champagne. It was good. I think I drank more than you, though, which is never good. <laughs> I woke up at 4 a.m., and I had a headache. So, Aww. Fortunately, I took some Advil and went back to bed, and it went away. Yeah, fortunately, your feet hurt more than your head. Oh, my God. So it's fine. Yeah. So uh, I'm drinking. Which brings us to the topic today. Ugh. All right. So uh, we're recording this on Tuesday after Labor Day weekend. GR Dad spent his Labor Day weekend, plus a day on either side, in Germany, and I spent mine running. Basically, I just ran and ran and ran some more. So uh, we're just going to talk about that. There will be dog stuff that comes in there. You want to say hi, Queso? Okay. I'm sure. There will be dog stuff. <laughs> uh, first, shout out and thanks to our awesome dog sitters who let us do stuff like go to Germany and run all weekend and take care of the dogs for us. Yeah, I mean, that's the the basis for being able to have a golden ratio of 4.5 uh, is that we have a dog sitter who comes in and stays in the house. So two dogs, three dogs, four dogs, even five dogs is the same thing. Yeah, it would be so hard. It'd be basically impossible if we had to take them somewhere and board them. Could not afford could not afford and would be logistically difficult and also they get all stressed it'd be terrible we definitely yeah, would travel less. we'd have to separate them in some combination yeah they, they don't, don't have, have rooms have for five five, <laughs> five dog room is like the barn oh my gosh so, yeah and then they'd be sad to think of them all separated yep so anyway hooray for our pet sitters again if you live around uh northern dc area pretty much actually we're like the southern limits here in silver spring howard county laurel pg county up there uh let me know and i'll give you a recommendation for our people anyway i'll go first i ran 100 k's 62.5 miles <laughs> oh my god it's ridiculous you could have run from dc to baltimore and further i think right 62 miles, yeah, it's a lot further. It's there and back. Yeah, definitely there and back. That's ridiculous. Um, That's why you have cars. Oh, so, so I've signed up for a couple ultras that I ended up not running this year. I signed up for a 50-miler in the Keys in the spring, and I had to like do a speaking event, which pays really well, and so I couldn't just skip that. It would have made it a very expensive race. And... Uh, and then I had signed up for one in Las Vegas in the middle of the summer, and it was going to be like 115 degrees and like a super dry heat. And I had I was in Las Vegas the week leading up to that for a work thing, another speaking event, and I tried running, and it wasn't that hot then, and I just couldn't do it because it was so dry because I'm used to training in the humidity. So I didn't run that race, which I think was a good choice. And so I've kind of been like looking around for one, and I have like – Strict criteria, because I'm not a trail runner. I don't like to have to worry about tripping on roots and twisting an ankle on rocks. 
Uh, I think and, it's, and running single file. Running single file, yeah. I mean, I think it's great that people do that. It's just really not for me. I don't enjoy it. And most ultra marathons are trail races like that. And so that narrows it down. And uh, I'm also a slow runner, and so I need something that has a pretty long time limit. And uh, like I've, I had, I'm still signed up for 100K at the end of October in Florida, but it has a 16 and a half hour time limit. And I was just like, I don't think I'm going to be able to finish it that fast. And so I'm always kind of looking for ultras that are not on trails and that have long time limits. And literally, like, I was like, oh, then I, then I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to do 50K. Like, those are not that hard for me. I can do those, you know, once a month. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's only re 31 re miles. Reality check. Uh <laughs> That's more than a marathon. Sure is. And so I had signed up for 50K, and then I had to get this sort of almost emergency gallbladder surgery at the beginning of August. And I think the 50K I had signed up for was like two days after the surgery, so I could not do it. And so a couple weeks ago, I was looking around just trying to find races. And there's, you know, there's a website where all the ultras list themselves. And I found this one the Wildcat 100, which is in Pensacola, Florida. And they have a 100-miler and a 100K and then a couple shorter races. And I was like, 100K, all right. Like, that's a distance I could do. It's If you can run a 50-miler, you can generally do 100K because it's only an extra 12 miles. And uh, <laughs> the training is the same. And uh, so, and I looked at it, and it's at, like, an equestrian uh, facility and so you run on kind of horse trails. So it's like very short mode grass or dirt. And so it's trails, but there's no roots or rocks or anything. It's flat. And 40-hour time limit, which is amazing. Uh, not that anyone would need that for 100K. I, I think it works out to a 30-minute mile. You said there's a 100-miler, too. There's a 100-miler. Um, and even then, I mean... Most 100 milers have shorter time limits than that. But I was like, this is great. This is what I need. It's like the terrain I want. It's flat, which is good. Um, yeah. Short loop is good. Yeah. And so it was a two and a half mile loop. And so I just did 25 of those. <laughs> and if you were doing the 100 miles, you did 40 of those. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm signing up. Signed up. I like did one week of hard training and uh, and went and did the race. I worked it out. It was like less than four weeks post-surgery. I did this race, which is pretty cool. I've forgotten about the surgery because I feel healed, but it was like not even a month ago. You still have surgery scars, and you just ran 62 miles. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so it's in Pensacola. I got myself an Airbnb. It, it was not ideal in a bunch of ways, like leading up to it. Uh, the semester started last week, and so this, and I'm doing a ton of teaching, which is all great, except I've just been so busy. And so I was really stressed out about that. I didn't have the time to like focus on just getting my stuff together. And then the race is on Saturday. Ultras always are on Saturday because you usually run into the second day. And so you can't have them on a Sunday or else people have to work. So uh, I had to fly down there on Friday but there's not a lot of direct flights to Pensacola. And so I had to take a late flight because I needed to work during the day. So I ended up getting into Pensacola at like 10 o'clock and, you know, then have to go, like go buy groceries and stuff. 
forgot, like I forgot to get peanut butter at the grocery store, which is what I eat before every race. I don't even know if I remembered to tell you this. because no. Yeah. So I like, and I had made a list like, all right, here's, I need sunscreen and you know, this and that. And just, I forgot to put peanut butter on the list. Like I had thought must buy peanut butter. I brought bread with me from home. I'll buy the peanut butter and jelly there. Totally forgot it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well now no, didn't have what I normally eat for breakfast. And, uh, and the rain, the rain. So I was looking at the forecast leading up to it and it was supposed to rain like poor rain all day and all night and into the next day. And I don't mind running in the rain, you know, if I'm going out for a five mile run, I run marathons where it's like rained off and on. That's fine. But running in the rain for I was thinking it might take me 18 hours uh, and, you know, on grass and dirt where it's not like the road where it's going to drain, drain away. I was like, this is not going to be good. And uh, so on Thursday, I'm taking GR dad to the airport to go to Germany. And I was just like in the foulest mood. I'm like, I have been trying to do all these races. I want to do this race. Like everything about this race is perfect, except it's going to rain. And I think it's going to be miserable. Like I might just not go. I don't know. Dear dad's like, I think you should go. And I was like, all right. But I didn't have a good argument. I mean, just, you know. You were supportive. It was good. And uh, so I have a couple friends, a high school friend, and then the husband of a different high school friend who do long ultras like this. And so I got on Facebook and I was like, all right, guys, like, what am I going to do? Like, should I ditch this? Like, how bad is it going to be? Here's the weather report. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's going to rain. It's supposed to rain like an inch uh, during the day. Like, it's going to be bad. And they were both super supportive, gave me a lot of really good advice on, like, anti-chafe stuff. I also haven't told you this. Jared and I have not had much time to actually talk to each other since we got back. So one of them had recommended for the runners out there this stuff called Two Toms, which is a roll-on anti-chafe thing. So we had, like, body glide or whatever, the normal anti-chafe stuff. And he's like, and he and the other guy were both like, get some Two Toms. And I'm like, okay. That stuff is amazing. I don't know what's in it. I, it was perfect. Like normally, if I put on the the body glide stuff, if I do a marathon by like mile twenty, I have some stuff starting to chafe. This stuff was perfect the wow. whole time. Yeah. So, highly recommend the two towns. I like ordered it, you know, overnight delivery from Amazon on Thursday night. Um, so that was good. And then also this stuff called Trail Toes. Because you're dad, I know you sometimes get chafing on your toes. So trail toes is anti-chafe stuff just for your toes. Um, and it worked very well. Chafing was not my problem on the toes. So they recommended that stuff, gave me some other good advice. And I said, all right, I'm going to go do it. So I fly down there, forgot a bunch, turns out forgot a bunch of stuff from home and forgot to buy a bunch of stuff, but whatever. Show up to the, the rate. I, sh- I get up in the morning I open the door and it is like thunderously pouring rain outside. <laughs> There's like the gutters at the Airbnb are like gushing out just like torrents of water. Oh. I was like, oh, it's going to be so bad. And uh, it did stop raining by the time I got in the car to go to the race. And there's a big rainbow. I actually, so I tweeted all of this on my account, Jen Runs With Dogs, which is like my, it's mostly me and Hops after runs. Uh, so there's a rainbow. And I was like, all right, well, we're just going to, do what we can do, right? I'm here. I'm going to do it. And uh, so, yeah, two and a half mile loops, 
course was great. Um, like there was grass, it was mowed, real short. Running in tall grass is hard, but this was just like running on the ground. And it was, so since it's a two and a half mile loop, you go past an aid station every two and a half miles and there were bathrooms, like not porta potties, bathrooms with running water, which is like a true luxury. Whoa. The people at the aid station were amazing. Like they knew my name. They by the end they're like, Oh, you only got six laps to go, you only got five laps to go. They I, were I can't believe the people who volunteer at races and are just like just doing things for other people. They don't get anything out of it. They don't get money. They don't you know, it's just they're like super nice. They were, and it was the same, like, six people the whole time. I mean, I started at 8 a.m., I finished at 4 in the morning, same people there the whole time, and they were in a good mood and supportive, like, Pops, the old guy who was there, he's like, give me a hug at the end, like, they were just so great about everything, and whatever you would ask him for was fine, there was one dude there, like, in a kilt, <laughs> working the aid station, and... So I'm running, start feeling a little weird about 15 miles in, which is not that far for me. And I look at my weather app and the heat index was 114. <laughs> this is like 10 a.m., right? And, uh, and I was like, all right, I've got to cool down. I was drinking plenty, but it was hot out. And so, ladies, let me tell you, <laughs> if you are ever too hot when you're running, you just put a bunch of ice in your sports bra. It's a little shocking at first, but it totally, like, keeps the core cool. Like, you kind of smush it down, like, under your boobs, pushing on your chest, and it dramatically cools you down. You will get very wet in your clothes, but it works so well. And so they had this big, giant ice chest, because, of course, everybody's going through ice in their packs and everything. And I go up to the dude in the kilt, and I'm like, look, man, it's real hot out there. I need a scoop of the ice in, in my sports bra. I'm would, like, I can do it if you want. Would you say you got some ice out of the ice chest and then you had an ice chest? <laughs> this is a good dad joke. I've been preparing this one for a while. <laughs> uh, so he was hilarious. I like pull the like my shirt and my sports bra out. I mean, you couldn't see down it, right? The thing's tight. Just pull it out so there's room. And he like averts his eyes like very. And I'm like, there's nothing to see in there. He's like, I'm just very shy. Averts his <laughs> eyes, puts a scoop in there. Wait, dude in a kilt? Dude in a kilt, right. yeah. Uh, and he did that for me, like, every loop until it started raining. Hmm. Ice in my pack, ice in my sports bra. Helped so much. Huh. I mean, the equivalent would be me jamming ice down my pants, which seems a little weird. You know, I have tried, like, some people put it under their hats, so it's on your head. No. Um, it's very painful for me. It really hurts my head. It kind of gives me a headache. It's, like, too cold on my head, but that works for some people. Um... I don't know. I don't. I, don't, no, I think cold. I've run out of my underpants. Too yeah, fast. I don't think of cold near your male bits is that that good a thing either. I don't know. Yeah, uh, this is a benefit to the ladies. You got a holder there. It, you can fit a bunch of ice in there. Mine would last for the two and a half mile loop, which was taking me about thirty five minutes, and then I get a new scoop. So that was awesome. Yeah, you live tweeted it, and like seventeen miles, you tweeted about that. Yeah, it was a good idea. It, it worked really well. Uh, and then all of a sudden I was like finishing a loop and this breeze comes like from the right. And it is the coolest, most refreshing breeze. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, it was like 20 degrees cooler, that breeze. And I was like, this is not going to be good. But right now it feels really nice. <laughs> and uh, 
you know, I finish at the aid station and then it starts pouring rain and it rained for about three hours. Uh, hang on. Vink is, <laughs> you, you want to get it? Yeah. That's, that's Vink Mirving. She has pushed her tennis ball under the kind of table that we have for the cable box and the TV stand and nothing can happen until she gets it back. So, all right. Vink's got her ball. So yeah, it started raining. Nothing you can do except endure the rain which I did. And, uh, and then when it stopped raining, it was still very wet. I mean, the trails were just like dirt and grass. And so plenty of water just sits on top of that. And, uh, so I went for a while without bothering to change my socks because it was, they're just going to get soaked again anyway. And then eventually I'm like, I'm going to have to start changing them because I don't want them to get terrible. I had packed so I had to do 25 loops. I packed 25 pairs of socks. I mean, I didn't count them, but it was every pair of socks I owned. And I think it was about 25. Uh, I was a little embarrassed until I started changing them every lap. And uh, they, you know, they'd be soaking wet. Oh, it felt so good to put the dry socks on. And uh, it rained a little bit kind of off and on, but it was just kind of those three hours that there was a big downpour. So every lap I would put the dry socks on. One of the Facebook friends had said to bring a full change of clothes mm-hmm. if, you know, if it's going to be wet. And so probably around mile 40, I was like, okay. And uh, change just kind of like first change the underpants, then put the dry skirt on, take the wet skirt off. Um, I didn't change my sports bra because it was not that bad. Change ice. <laughs> I was not doing any more ice at that point. <laughs> Once it started raining, I stopped the ice. Um, new shirt on. Oh my God, that felt so good. Even though it was all like a little clammy, really nice. And uh, yeah, just kept changing the socks every time. And I kept running, but I kind of thought maybe I'd run 35 miles. Like I can run a 50K, which is 31. I've run 32. And so I was like, maybe I could run for 35 and then I'll walk the rest. It's super common in these ultras. I mean, everybody except the super elite people and sometimes even them, everybody walks. And I was like, all right, I'd, I'd be real happy if I get 35 and then walk the rest. And I'm like, but I'm just going to keep running until body says no more running. So I ran 52 and a half miles, which is amazing. And uh, right around 50 miles, I said, all right, I'm going to change my shoes. I had brought a dry pair of shoes. And I was like, let's just do the change, even though they're going to get wet again. And... Uh, I took my socks off and took my shoes off and got a real look at my feet because I had just kind of been changing the socks real quick. And I was like, oh, things are looking very, very bad down there. My uh, I mean, my feet were obviously like all white from being wet, but my big toenails looked kind of like a corpse, um, which means that I had blisters under the nail, which means both those nails are coming off. And wasn't it dark at this point? Uh, at 50 miles, it probably was dark. I had a c- rental car, and so I was changing. I'd kind of sit in the back seat and hang out. And uh, Did you forget your headlamp? Yeah, I was going to say, I probably saw that in the headlamp. I forgot my headlamp. You have to bring a headlamp to these races because none of them are, like, in well-lit city areas. It's You're in the middle of nowhere in a field, <laughs> right, running. It was dark, dark. And I got one kind of twilight lap done. And I was like, there's no way I can do this. I think I had eight or nine more laps to go. Like, 
I'm going to trip on something. Something bad's going to happen. But I was parked next to this minivan, and the dude of the minivan was running the 100-miler, and his wife was crewing for him. So it's really common at these races to have people crew for you. And basically their job is to deal with you being in a really bad mood and give you whatever you need. <laughs> and it's a really thankless job, and the people who do it are wonderful. And so uh, she was great, Amy, my new BFF. And so every time I'd make a loop, I'd be like, Amy, how's it going? She's like, you're doing a great job, Jen. Good job. You need anything? You want anything? No, I'm good. And so when I finished that twilight lap, Amy's like, how you doing? I'm like, got a favor. I'm like, because she's all this. She The car was just packed full of stuff. And she, she'd been like, yeah, look at all this stuff we brought. Because I was like, yeah, I brought 25 pairs of socks. And she's like, I don't judge you. Look at all this stuff we got. <laughs> I'm like, do you have a spare headlamp in there? Like, I usually bring two. And I was just so distracted, I forgot to pack them. And uh, I'm like, because I forgot mine. And she's like, oh, I got one for you. And she like, I was like, I'll use a flashlight. I'll use anything. She's like, pulls out basically the same thing that I have. And I'm like, I promise. I'm like, I'm only doing the 100K. So I'll be done before your husband's done. I promise I'll give it back. She's like, it's all good. It's fine. So she completely saved me. Um, but yeah, when I changed the shoes, I had the headlamp on. So I got a nice bright light on the mess that was my feet. Um, so yeah, I ran 52 and a half miles. I had 10 more to go. I walked those in increasing agony. And if you look at my tweets, I'm like, I am suffering. This is terrible. I'm dead. And I was just like, it's only 10 more miles, which I know is far. But if you've done 52, you got to do those last 10. And uh, they had like quesadillas and grilled cheeses at the aid station. And I was like, all right, I'm going to eat this quesadilla and <laughs> just keep walking and just keep walking. Oh, my feet were so sore. And like, seriously, for like the last two hours, like all I did was fantasize about taking my shoes off. Like, I was like, it's going to be the best feeling of my whole life <laughs> to get these shoes off. It was pretty much that good. Uh, it was great. And so I finished and I got them off and I was like, oh, oh no, this is very bad. Uh, if you, if you go to my account, Jen Runs With Dogs on Twitter, I didn't want to post the picture of my feet up there because I knew it would freak some people out. So I just posted a link to a picture of my feet if you would like to check them out and see how bad it was. Corpse feet is not inaccurate. No, and I mean, tons of blisters. And so I finished the race. It took me 19 hours and 45 minutes. I came in second place, uh, not out of two. <laughs> and... Uh, I went back to my Airbnb. I had to check out by 10 a.m. So I get back to the Airbnb. I got out of the shower. It, may, it wasn't the best shower of my life. Maybe it was the second best. It was the most necessary shower of my life, though. I have never been so dirty and filthy. Uh, take a shower. 5 a.m., I get in bed, and then I have to be out of there by 10. And, uh, you know, I body didn't want me to sleep that much anyway just because it was you know it was sort of anxious and in a lot of pain and so I slept probably three hours maybe three and a half hours mm -hmm. packed up and left but I'm like I can't really do a lot about these bad blisters here like there were a couple really giant ones on the side of my foot that I had to pop but like as, as you know if you have a blister it hurts really bad to walk after you've popped it <laughs> and 
Uh, I'm like, I got to go through the airport. Like, I got to get home. These ones are under my nails. Like, then, because the nail comes off sometimes, and it's, like, super sensitive. Like, I can't do it until I get home. And so I got home, and I think all long-distance runners have a kit of, like, stuff to deal with blisters. And I've never... I don't usually get blisters when I run. I had them under my two big toenails, under my pinky toes. Also, my second toenails, which very typically get blisters for me that's really common under the nails i had them on the kind of inside of the foot like next to my big toe outside in between my big toe and my little toe on the bottom of the ball of my foot on the bottom of my big toe on both feet and uh oh my gosh like it was like on one hand a relief to get those taken care of on the other hand like it's now two days later and I still can't walk. Like I really can't walk. I went to pick up GR dad at the airport yesterday and normally I would meet him in at the hotel, at the uh, customs like arrival space. And I got out of the car and I walked like 15 steps. I turned around, got back in the car and I texted him I'm like, cool, I'm in row seven. Like just come out here. I can't make it into the airport. My feet hurt so bad. And this is unusual. I mean, you're tough. And you, you run a marathon, and you're basically, like, skipping around, running up and down the stairs afterwards. I mean, this was surprisingly banged up after a race. Yeah, and it's just the blisters, like, because I was expecting to have a lot of muscle soreness and joint soreness, um, which is typical after running a race like this. And I was fine. Like, yesterday, I was you know, which is a basically 24 hours after the race, I was standing in the kitchen. I'm like, gosh, like my legs and everything actually feel fine. I was like, can I do a squat? I can do squats just fine. My knees don't hurt. My hips don't hurt. My muscles are fine. It's just my feet. So like on one hand, this is a big success because it means my training is so good that I can run 62 miles and not be sore the next day or, you know, day and a half later. Um, On the other hand, I have never had blisters like this, and uh, it is debilitating. If I told you true stories of what was going on, some of you would have to turn the podcast off. So I'm going to keep the gruesome details to myself. But, oh, my God, it is just terrible. And so I still can't really do much. Like, I can't walk around, uh, which is weird. Like, I was thinking today, like, I actually could, like, go to campus and work better if I had a wheelchair because both of my feet are so messed up and it's so painful. And then of course the dogs all want to be right up on me. And so they normally step on my feet all the time and they do not care that I am protective of my feet now. They're just like, yeah, cool. We're coming over. Stomp, stomping on my poor, just like excruciatingly painful feet. So today Maggie stepped on my foot and it hurts so bad. And I'm like, you need to go outside because I am so irritated <laughs> right now. And so everybody goes outside. And then Maggie's she's just like a super nervous dog in general. So whenever you tell her to do something, she like bolts in one direction, bolts <laughs> in the other direction. And she, uh, so I call her to come in. She won't come in. And finally, she bolts in, stomps on my toe. Like there's a sock on the floor that I was wearing that now has blood on it because she stomped on my toe. And I was just like, Maggie, no! And she was like, oh no, I'm being yelled at! And I was like, I'm so irritated at you, Maggie! And I had to like pick her up 
I tried to get her to go in the office so I could just like lock her away and not get stepped on again, and she wouldn't go in there. And uh, so I had to pick her up and put her in there, and she like sticks all four legs out like in a fan because <laughs> she was so freaked out. And so I had to put her and Jasmine and Vink all in the office and just sit on the couch and cry for like 10 minutes. And Hops was like, oh, no, Jen's crying. And she like came up and like did not come anywhere near my feet, just got up on the couch and like laid down next to me as I was sobbing on the couch in pain and frustration. I'm not sure uh, this is making anyone want to run an ultra marathon. You know, um, this doesn't sound too inspirational anymore. <laughs> it's super painful right now. It hurts so bad right now. Uh. If it had not rained, though, you're it down would have been like a great. bunch of toenails too. Yeah, so I'm gonna. I have not removed all the messed up toenails, um, but they're gonna come off eventually. I will have kept four <laughs> out of ten. Out of ten. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that was my weekend. I finished my 100k longest race I've ever run. Went really well. Came in second place. When they told me that, you know, I was like 50 miles in, and they're like, "Yeah, you're second place." I was like, "What?" I'm like, normally I come in second to last. Like I'm way at the back. Um, but it went really well. And if I had run it last year, I would have won. Whoa. Yeah. My, my time was faster than the w winner last year. Did you get a medal? I haven't shown you the medal. Yeah. No. It's, uh, it's like plastic. The, oh. it's, uh, this is the thing about ultras. They have cheap ass medals. They don't really care about the medals. Uh, frankly, nor do I, though they did give me a pint glass. I've, I haven't even unpacked it yet. It's That's in my good. suitcase. Yeah. So, uh, pint glass and a sticker and a plastic medal. If you finish a 100-mile race, you get a belt buckle, and those are all pretty cool. And they do that because one of the first guys to run a 100-mile race entered it, but it was a race for horses. <laughs> but he ran it on foot. And, when he, and so if you did this 100-mile race with your horses, I think the winner got a belt buckle. And so they gave him a belt buckle for running the whole hundred miles by himself. And it's just this like weird tradition that has stuck. Um, but they kind of only give it for the hundred milers. And sometimes you have to finish under a certain amount of time. So And horses. Uh, I don't know what they do for horses, but yeah. Anyway, there you go. That was my weekend. Uh, meanwhile, GR Dad was in Germany. Yeah, I just uh, jetted off to Germany for the weekend. Um, Must be nice. Left Thursday night. Came back Monday, Labor Day, and uh, it was my dad's 80th birthday, so it was like a family reunion, big birthday party on Sunday, so it was good. Normally, I go over there and visit all the relatives, and it takes 10 days of driving. This was easy because I just went to one place, and they all descended on it, so it was good. Ate was a lot good. of meat. Ate a lot of meat. Took Iceland air, so flew through Reykjavik, but had really no time, zero time to really spend even at the airport. Um... And, you know, there's Iceland Air is kind of like, it's basic flying. <laughs> it's a little bit like, it's a little bit better than a bus. But, you know, you still have three seats on one side, three seats on the other, one aisle in the middle. Not too fancy. That's all right, though. If you fly business class, which is, like, I always insist we fly business class. And, you know, I've got enough miles and stuff that it works out fine. But since I fly business class for work pretty much all the time, like, I can't go back to flying coach. It, you know, we'll do it for like short little flights. Um, but I, it's much more humane flying business class. And so whenever we go someplace, I book the tickets and I'm like, I'm going to pay the extra 300 bucks and fly business class. Uh, but when GR dad goes to Germany, I usually don't go with, um, 
Like, we'll stop in and see your parents if I have a work thing in Europe, but I usually don't come just for vacation. So when he goes, he's like, no, no, it's fine. Coach is fine. And I was like, Yo, you're going to play coach? Okay. Have a good time with that. Saved a lot of money. Yeah. I I think it's worth the money for me. And it's nice that you are willing to, like, go along with that. You're like, whatever you want to do is fine. For vacation, if you want to book business class, like, that's great. Like, Oh, I don't. That, why, why would I not go along with that? That's, like, such an upgrade. I'd be an idiot to fight that. This is a thing that, like, people would fight about, right? That would be a typical marriage flight where, like, the wife wants to fly business class and the husband's like, it's a waste of money. Like, don't waste the money on it. But we got the money. And I'm glad that you. it's not a thing we argue about. I mean, we don't really argue about anything. But it's nice. Your dad is very much, like, goes along with whatever. He's <laughs> very laid back. And so if I'm always like, I'd really rather do X you're pretty much all the time like, yeah, that's cool, whatever, that's fine. You're a grown-up, you can do X, I don't, you know. It, but sometimes they'll go, we should do X, and you're like, yeah, cool, fine. Yeah, I don't have a lot of hang-ups, and I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty flexible. I have, I'm very bad at planning, and I'm terrible at logistics, so it's not like I ever have a contrary plan. And I am very good at logistics, and I love it. I love planning, and like packing and that sort of stuff, which is why it's too bad I was so stressed last week before the race that I couldn't do that. But yeah, so it works out as a nice balance in the relationship. I want to do it, and you don't want to do it, and I am good at it, and you're not, and so I get to do it. And then then you're always like, whatever you want to do is fine with me. I'm glad I don't have to plan it. Yeah, I don't have any ego where I'm like, oh, I should be doing it for myself, or I can't cede that control. It's fine. It all works out. It's good. Yeah. And so now, like, we're now at the point where I'm like, cool, so you need to go to Germany for your dad's birthday party. Um, I'll book your tickets for you. Just, like, tell me what kind of arrangements you want, and then I'm happy to handle it because I can do it better than you. But more importantly, it it causes me, like, it's actually, like, therapeutic for me. Like, it calms me to do logistics, and it causes you a huge amount of stress. And so we have this great balance where I'm like, I will do all these logistics for you because it is a gift to me to do them. And it's a gift to you that I do them for you. Yeah, I mean, for me, it is—it is, it is like it couldn't be more polar opposite. Where it is super stressful for me, like to think of booking the flight, the thought of pushing that final button, pay now, is like giving me anxiety right now, <laughs> because I just know that I would have made it for the wrong day or had a seat, you know, in the wrong, like done something like that would totally screw things up, like. So pushing that button is very anxiety-inducing for me. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, oh, I feel so much better. Like, I just did this thing. It feels great. I'm so relaxed. So, yeah, it oh. works works out as a nice balance for us. And, that you know, since we're supposed to talk about dogs, it sort of works out dog-wise like that, too. Like, I handle a lot of the vet stuff. Um, not that that causes you anxiety to handle, but I think I'm more comfortable with the medical stuff. Obviously, I have, like, the schedule flexibility more than you do. And, like, you've, you know, like, you've taken vet uh, vink in for surgery. And, like, you, and it's not that you don't do anything. But I tend to handle that side of things both because, like, it's more comfortable for me. And then you're always also fine with, like, whatever I say. Oh, yeah. And I would, like, screw it up somehow. I'd be like, oh, bring vink in for three days. And it would actually be one day or, so, I don't know, something. <laughs> So anyway, there you go. That was our kind of epic weekend. It was dogless, and I think it's the first no vink. All right, let me tell you what just happened there. I have this ridiculous blister 
complex on my pinky toe. The whole thing is a bliss is several blisters and they're all interconnected. And I need it to like get better. And so I have a like a Kleenex tucked between my pinky toe and the next toe to kind of give it some separation so it has air. And all Vink has been doing the last two days is trying to pluck the Kleenex out from between my toes because she loves to eat Kleenex. Fresh Kleenex, dirty Kleenex. She has ripped open clothes of mine, like chewed holes in clothes of mine because there's a Kleenex in the pocket. She's obsessed. And so she just tried to bite the Kleenex that was in my toes protecting my blisters. Half the reason she jumps up on beds is to check under the pillow for Kleenexes. Yeah, like if I get up in the middle of the night and I grab a Kleenex and, you know, I'm like asleep, I'll leave it under my pillow or something, and she goes looking for it. Today, just today, I caught her, like, chewing on a pair of, like, my sweatpants, my Adidas sweatpants, because there was a Kleenex in the pocket. (laughs) And I'm like, what is she chewing on? Like, half of my sweatpants have holes in the pockets because Vink just gets down there and she won't, she can't, figure out how to stick her head in it. So she just chews a hole through the pocket till she gets to the Kleenex. And she's still, like, your dad's trying to fend her off now, and she's just, like, ducking her head around him, looking at it. You put her in the office, maybe. She's she's just obsessed. Like, she keeps looking at it. It's like a cartoon. So anyway, there you go. Um, Yeah, I... So I ran all day Saturday, and I got done at 4 a.m. Sunday morning. So I forgot to post a picture to the social media channels on Saturday because I was like, you know, I kind of got up and was just like going to the race, and then I was obviously not posting while I was running. And someone's like, is Snapchat broken? Like, are you guys okay? And I'm like, oh, my God, like, I've just been running an ultramarathon, like, for the last day. Um, it was not It was funny because I was six hours ahead right and so i she you know i was following her tweets and commenting but she for me she started running at two in the afternoon yeah and then i was at the party drinking having a good time till two went to bed she was still running then i got up in the morning for breakfast she was still running yeah (laughs) so she like ran through the entire night for me hilarious yeah it was good yeah and of course i was sort of live broadcasting it to all the family members at the party so they were all very interested and like freaked out when it, it was morning and she was still running <laughs> you did a good job you i think responded to every single tweet i posted with encouragement which was really nice which is better than with irritation oh this is bothering me <laughs> what'd you say the bad pit crews are like the ones who complain about how they have to just wait around for runners yeah, uh, there was one. There was one woman running the hundred miler. This was her first hundred miler. Y'all can hear Vink in the background. We had to lock her away because she would not leave the Kleenex alone. So she's crying. Uh, yeah. So this woman had run fifty before, but this was her first hundred, and her mom was crewing for her, and her son was there, and like the battery died, and the mom like couldn't get the car battery fixed like I saw somebody jumping their car and then the mom just like let it die again and she like wouldn't go to Walmart or whatever to get it fixed and I was talking to the daughter who is running and she's like she just she needs somebody to handle everything for the mom like calls her on the phone like while she's running about the battery like yeah now the car won't start again you know pro tip if someone you love is running a hundred kilometer race a 50 a 62 mile race 
don't call them with your problems. <laughs> There's a time and place, and that is not the time and place to no, share your troubles. They're in, like they are tackling one step at a time, and you're bitching about your logistical issues. Yeah, uh, and I mean she was she was doing fine when I left. I mean she was still going, but she was having a really hard time. And just like every time I talked to her, she was so irritated. And I think when I was about finished, like I went past and she was uh, sitting outside her car, which it's common, like people will take breaks when you're doing 100 miles because it takes you 36, sometimes 40 hours. So you will take a break and sit for a little bit. And uh, and she and then several other people after that were saying that like their feet had cracked open on the bottom because of, you know, the water and everything. And this is where I was like, I brought 25 pairs of socks. Like I was so smart to just change those socks every loop because it it gave enough dryness that it kept me, you know, I mean, I still got all these blisters, but at least I did not have like my skin split open. And she was still running, you know, she was, I think, behind me. So I finished mine. She was running the 100 miles. So she had another 15 laps, you know, another 38 miles to go after I finished. I have no idea how she did. But uh, a bunch of people I was talking to, like when I finished, I was like, God, I am so glad to be done. And they were all just like, everyone was in such agony. And they're like, I just wish I was done. They're like, maybe I'll just do the 100K. And I was like, that's a good distance. You should do that. <laughs> like, I'm like, I know you can finish 100 miles, but you look like you're in agony. When GR mom was saying that their feet split open, I definitely made a face. I mean, that is a nope, 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 yeah. nope, nope, nope. That's One guy went to the hospital. Uh, I went through the aid station and they had him like laying down because the aid station was in kind of like the pavilion the outdoor pavilion for this horse complex and uh, they had him laying down like on the concrete they had like bags of ice on him and then he was gone and I asked on the next loop he was gone and I was like yeah you know how's that guy and they're like yeah we had to take him to the hospital he's like peeing blood they didn't know Ah. why Uh, this happens sometimes at these races so (laughs) I don't know what what happened to him but he uh, he was not allowed to continue. It's so not normal. <laughs> no, I in, I mean people who do the hundred milers hallucinate all the time. I, no one was hallucinating that I know of when I finished, but they had many many hours to go before they were all done. So it's a it's just I mean yeah it's called ultra marathon. It's ex- it's co- it's ex- so extreme. I mean it is way beyond what you're supposed to do with your body. It is a, a different kind of thing. So anyway, I feel bad. I have like had to cancel some stuff because I can't walk. I can't stand. Like I can't get from my car into any buildings. Uh, I'm hoping tomorrow things will be a little bit better. I don't mind if it hurts, but it's just like I can't put any weight on anything right now. So here's hoping for better tomorrow. But anyway, that's the story of our weekend. And not a lot of dog content today, I know. But I had a great idea for a podcast and I forgot it. We both have been busy and stressed and traveling, so we figured we'd at least give you the story on our update. <laughs> Hops is, like, digging a hole under the couch because she put something down there. She puts it down there, and then she frantically digs to retrieve it. It is big fun for her, but it's terrible to witness. Ving and Hops causing, and Maggie causing us some irritation today. Doing us an annoy. So wound up. Everybody just needs to settle the heck down, take a nap. Queso, you're perfect. Jasmine, 
You're okay. Schmeeg, stop stepping on me. Vink, shut up. Hopper, stop digging. Dear Dad, you're great. Oh, nobody's listening to any of your instructions. <laughs> no, they're all just like, Hopper's like, can I start digging again? And Dear <laughs> Dad's like blocking her with his foot, but she's thinking about it. Vink's crying because she wants to come out and eat my Kleenex. <sighs> there we go. Serenity now. We're going to definitely have to now come up with a drink of the week to have. I could use one. Uh, All right. You got a German word of the week? You're just in Germany, so you must have a good one. Oh, I don't. Have I done this before? Schadensersatzklage? (laughs) Who have not? (laughs) The claim for monetary compensation. (laughs) Say say it again and then use it in a sentence. Schadensersatzklage. Um... Als der, nachdem der Mann in mein Auto reingefahren war, habe ich eine Schadensersatzklage gegen ihn erhoben. So after the guy ran into my car, I sued him for monetary compensation. Nice. Oh. Uh, I'll have GR Dad spell that and we'll put it in the description. So, uh, Oh, we have a sponsor. Audible audiobooks. Thanks to everybody who's been signing up for them because you help us pay for the podcast. Um, I'll put in another plug for Finding Gobi, which is an ultramarathon runner and a dog. Um, I did just buy a book today on Amazon. There's like, there's not that many books about ultramarathon running, but I bought one that I had put off buying called Fixing Your Feet. It's all about like treating blisters. It's a whole book about the stuff that happens to our feet. I don't think they have that in audiobook format though. You probably enjoy that. You're, you're into that sort of radical self-care. <laughs> I, I mean, you don't understand fully what's going on down in my toes there. I need the book. I don't need the details. Thank no, you. no. Um, anyway, finding Gobi, that's good. He does not complain about his feet at all, I don't think. But he's running ultra marathons, and there's a dog. Um, so anyway, audibletrial.com slash the golden ratio. We'll get you a free audiobook, and it will get us some money to help support the podcast and all the other stuff we do. So thanks for signing up. Till next week, I'm Jen, dear mom, limping around. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.